What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Off the Rails podcast, episode number 16. Damn straight. I am your host, I am your host Anthony Verasso in the great state of Portland, Maine. And joining me, as always, my trusty sidekick. I don't even know. I, I think he's better than a sidekick, but either way, Mikey McCarthy. Mikey, what's up, bud? <laughs> Nothing much. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get my gloves on right now. <laughs> Both hands, right? Are you a Franklin glove guy or what, what brand? <laughs> um, it doesn't really matter as long as they're both as, as long as there's two of them, <laughs> dude. You know, I still have the same batting gloves as uh, when I, when you first got me onto that team. <laughs> really, I I don't wear batting gloves. Oh, you're too cool for school. I just I like I I I like the feeling of the bat in my hand rather than a bat that's between the piece of uh, fabric and then my hand. Yeah, always got to wear the glove with the bats. You know what I'm saying, Mikey? In the uh, field? How about in the field? Yeah, you never know what's out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that can be buried out in the field, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this right now. <laughs> Why don't you start off the show the correct way, Mike? Why don't you tell the people who brought us the show today? All right. Off the Rails is brought to you by Dan Letelier of Team Remax Realty One. Dan is your man when it comes to your buying and your selling needs. Serves all of Cumberland and York County up there in the great state of Maine. Dan can be reached at Dan Letelier at Remax.net or by phone at 207-590. And then the year America was founded, 1776. How about that? 207 again, 590-1776. That's oh. Dan Letelier's team at REMAX Realty One, serving all of your, you know, not all the counties, but, you, you know, York and Cumberland County. Good stuff. boy, Mikey. Anytime I hear Cumberland County, for some reason, just makes me think of, like, my cousin Vinny, when he's, like, in so, some kind of county. You know, I forget what it is, but it always makes me think of that. And, uh, but, dude. So I go bowling the other day with my girlfriend, right? Because, like, we're like, you know, we want to do something different up here, you know. I hate bowling, but I'm just, I, I'll, I think bowling sucks. Dude, I actually don't mind it. Like, it's like you think it's kind of easy, but it takes some skill, right? So we did. Are you be- using candle pin or the three holes like your finger in the ball? Which one? <laughs> I do the candle pin. It's the only one that's around me. My brother does the, the three-hole one, though. He's actually freaking good. It's weird. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so we do the candle pin, and we're like, all right, we'll do best uh, best two out of three series. Loser has to buy dinner. Dude, I win first game. I'm like, all right, this is easy, right? So second game, she goes first. Hits a freaking strike. I'm like, what the hell just happened? I'm like, you got to be shitting me, right? So game two, I'm behind the eight ball. I try to come back, nothing. She just smokes me game two. You said you were doing an eight ball? Is that what you said? Yeah, exactly. In the middle of, like, you know, the town I live in, just getting stoned. Then, game three, all right? Game three, it's back and forth, neck and neck. She's up, what, eight pins or something like that on my last one? Dude, I got seven, and I lost by one, so I had to buy dinner. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I would have rather lost by, like, 20. I would have rather have gotten blown out than lose by one. Wait, 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 wait. So, you each won a game, and you had to buy dinner? No, I do you listen when I talk? Well, I it sounded like you jumped from the second game to the third game in a matter of seconds. No, I said I smoked the first game. The first game I won pretty easy, okay? Yeah. I said the set and then the second game, the second game she started off with a strike. But see, you start making fun of me with the whole eight ball comment, so you lose everything, you know? <laughs> Just strap your gloves on. So then the th- oh my god, I never thought of that. Next time I bowl, I gotta wear gloves. But anyway, uh, the third game was back and forth, and I lost by one freaking <laughs> pin. Like, I, like, I'm like i not going to lie to you. To the point where, like, the losing the game by one pin pissed me off more than having to buy dinner. And you know how cheap I am. But I was like, dude, it's one pin. How the hell did I lose one pin? <sighs> yeah. Again, I was too busy laughing at what you said about going bowling with gloves. <laughs> I'm just, you know, you gotta have good. You lost gloves. the bowling match. I got it. I did. I did. Um, Mikey. So something else happened over the weekend. Maybe before the weekend. Maybe Friday. A little bit, yeah. On Twitter, the internet's exploding. 
What the hell is Dogecoin? Dogecoin. Hey, that's gonna make make poss- possibly you, but I, I think it's gonna make me a rich man someday. If, if we're being honest, now where it all started from, I really don't know. It's I think it was started as a meme, as a joke, and you know, Mr. Elon Musk over there at SpaceX was kind of pumping it up a lot. Next thing you know, it goes from well, you know, it's obviously a cryptocurrency, but you know it. It started off real small, and right now it's hovering around forty cents. I mean, I I think it maxed out at like forty nine cents over the weekend on Friday, maybe actually. But a lot of people think it's a joke. But you know what? I think all those people who think it's a joke are just mad that they missed the bus. Because man, all cryptocurrencies are a joke. You freaking numbskulls. This right here, this right here. Everyone still thinks it's a joke. Not everyone, but I'm telling you, the people that don't think it's a joke are the ones who are going to make out on it, like you and I. Because I'm telling you, Anthony, I'm telling you, I have – I I don't want to give details on how many many shares of it I actually have. Yeah, don't don't do that. But but, – so there's not actually a coin. It's kind of just like a digital currency without like a real coin. But, man, a lot of people are convinced that this is going to be kind of the future. And I'm one of those suckers. You want to call me a sucker? Hey, like P.T. Barnum once said, there's a sucker born every minute. That could be me. But, hey, I'm in it for the long haul. I will not sell. I'm going to buy on the dips, and I'm going to keep this going until I have, I don't know, maybe 50,000 coins, and I can max out when it gets to be five bucks a share. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Be able to buy a lot of bag gloves with that money. <laughs> yeah, I can get every brand, Frank. What? Adidas, New Balance, you name it. What is a – no free ads. What is a uh, cryptocurrency? That's what I don't understand with this thing. See – it's kind of, it's a cryptocurrency I think is just like it's it's kind of for people to make quick money which is like a lot of no such thing well I don't know if you look at it now that's okay that's my thing with this whole thing because I see it online I'm already up freak, a lot of money right now and everyone's freaking out and it's like Dude, you're not going to make a million bucks overnight unless you're freaking Oprah Bill Gates or something like that well it's you know? like betting the more you bet the more you get what does Bruce Aaron say? No risk it, no biscuit. Well, you know, screw Bruce Aaron. He sucks. Super Bowl champ for not doing anything. That's right. I just, I, this thing, is it, it's the thing with the dog, right? Going to a moon. Well, that, well, that's what Elon, well, Elon Musk said that he's going to put the Dogecoin logo on one of his next rocket ships. What? And then he's literally going to go to the moon. Is that why I keep seeing? Dogecoin to the moon. Well, that's part of it, but you know, like the whole like if you watch like the graph on on the currency and see how like it stays bound and then it goes shooting up when it gets high. I think that has a lot to do with like to the moon. Oh, if you kind of if if you think about it for a second, you know, you see what I'm getting at? Like the graph of like how much it spikes and how much it dips. When it spikes a lot, it's obviously really high. So I think that's. Let's get Doge to the moon so it's, like, really freaking hot. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll I, see. Uh, hey, I, hey, I'm convinced on it. I know a lot of people are, uh, you know, think it's kind of full of baloney, but not me. I'm not a big baloney fan of you. It's good in an Italian sub, eh? Wait, you get in it? No, that's not. Oh, my God. It's not baloney in an Italian sub, you well, jackass. Well, it can be if you want it to. It's mortadella. Salami, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, you think it's salami, you jackass. By the way, we had a mutual friend when we went to college, and he, like, tipped me off on this. He's like, how come Italians always cut off the last letter? Oh, oh, wait, perfect. Here we go again, Anthony. I'm going to cut you off. Oh, here, here. this is happening right in front of my eyes. Someone just parked right behind my car, right? They're going to the house across the street, and guess who's parked in front of the house across the street? That's right. Nobody. Nobody. (laughs) Not a single freaking person. All right. That would aggravate me because it's like now you're just being a DB, you know? I understand if there's no room at the place you're going to, but there's room. Should get an air horn and just like duck down by their car. So when they walk back out, you just press it and scare the shit out of them. I'm not one of these neighborhood hardos who sits there and watches out his window every 20 seconds. But, you know, this bothers me. It always has bothered me. Like, dude, you're parked in front of my house, even though. There's plenty of freaking room at the house you're going to. 
I told you about the one. I told you about the thing with where I live, right? In my yes. like complex with the driveway. We, so the person, did I tell the story? I think I might have. They try to, the person in apartment one, they try to back their car a little bit up and then they turn and do like a loop. To So on their half of the driveway, they have to go up over like a, a berm, which is like a asphalt curve, curb. And they do it so they loop around, but they go really close to mine and my girlfriend's car to get out. So they don't have to go over the big bump. But it's like, dude, like that's your spot. So the guy that lives next to us backed his car up so they couldn't do like the cheating way out. So these people took their car and went in front of his, went up on like the grass landscape right below my window to get out. <laughs> I was like, are you shitting me? Like, you're so pathetic. Like, I couldn't believe it. Just before we move on, I just want to make a quick note. If you are investing in, you know, some cryptocurrencies or uh, stocks to begin with, just make sure you do it responsibly. Good like point. they say, like they say, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. That's true. Good point. Good point. Otherwise, uh, Rocky Balboa comes and he should break your thumbs. But That's right. Mikey, your Boston Bruins looking damn good since <laughs> the trade deadline. 4-0, yes. baby. That's right, baby. Back-to-back dubs over the New Stanley York champs. Over the New York Islanders. Big, especially when they were 0-5 going yeah. into the two-game series against the Islanders. They look good. The addition of Taylor Hall really has balanced those top two lines. Lazar had the empty netter the other night. He's looked pretty decent for them, especially on the PK. Mike Riley, man. But, yeah, made a nice pass to – um. What the hell's the pastor knack in front the other night? But I want to see what happens when the sugar hall, yeah, when the sugar, when the sugar high wears off. Yeah, I'm off to a, I'm off to a great start this morning. You yeah, know everything's sugar high right great now. when my it's, coffee tastes like sesame seeds. I don't know what the hell that's all about. Ew, everything's great when it's brand new, right? You know, let's see what happens as the rest of these games wind down as they get into the playoffs. What do you think? Well, hey, I mean, I, I think there's definitely a reason to be excited, especially, you know, considering the Bruins' struggle to the Islanders throughout the season. They come out, and, you know, I think the Islanders and the Bruins are two teams who kind of won the trade deadline. So both teams going at it with their new players. Man, the Bruins, whole different. And like you said, those deals kind of balanced out the top two lines. And how about Swayman getting his first career shutout as well? I, That's next. I really so- hope, you know, I'm kind of going off track, but I, I, I really hope that the Bruins just don't go, oh, it's Rask's job. We're going to give it to him. Wow, this kid could be hot. I think that would be a, such a sucker thing to do. So, first off, we'll get to Swayman in a minute, okay? Because I wanted to talk about this more. Hall looks good. He's got two goal, what two goals in the three games or four games since beating him with the Bruins. He only had two goals in Buffalo. We talked about it with Joe last week. We've gotten great reviews on that interview, by the way. A lot of people like Joe, so we got to get him back. Hell yeah. Take the stain off any Buffalo player, okay? Whether it's Montour who got traded to Florida, the goalie I said that got traded to Colorado, he has a shutout. Buffalo was just so bad. Anything you got from that team was going to just look bad. It was tainted. Hall comes to an original six franchise, whatever. He's all excited. He's saying the right things. But let's see when he hits a little bit of a slump. That's all. And my thing with Hall I feel like he's trying to embrace the city of Boston so much, so fast. I think it's going to be overwhelming. You know, not overwhelming, but once he does hit a slump, I think they're going to get on him kind of quick, like the fans. It's like, dude, we get it. You're excited to play in Boston, original six franchise, but can you keep it down a little bit, like in your pants? Like, Jesus, buddy. He's out here. He's all excited about it. You know, slapping the B. Like, okay, you're on a good team that you don't have to be the number one guy, so it takes pressure off of you. Just relax. Settle into your role. It's all going to work out. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, how, like, things are going good for him right now, but you want to see what happens when the going gets tough. That's a fair point because, you know, I mentioned this before. I've seen the episode of Taylor Hall and El Prez doing the shootout challenge in his little hallway and Taylor Hall getting a little pissy when he didn't win. Oh, well, you didn't actually do anything to actually win. I mean, you really didn't actually do anything, El Prez. Well, that's your responsibility. You freaking make him do something. I I don't know. When the going gets tough, this player does seem like he has a little bit of a bitchiness to him and a little bit of a whininess. So 
I'm hopeful that guys like Bergeron and Martian and Krejci will be able to, you know, help that a little bit. But, hey, when it happens, I think it's something we're all going to be glued to. That's a good point you made about Hall getting, like, I don't know. He gets moody. Bitchy. He gets we'll call, bitchy. We'll call him moody uh, with the ta- uh, Prez there. But, I mean, even in his time with Jersey, he won the MVP, makes the playoffs, does nothing. Okay? He really didn't live up to expectations in Edmonton. And I get Edmonton's a different case. It was like a bad team from the from the start. But still. They have the number one pick. What? Five, they have the number one. Is? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a pretty damn big market no in Edmonton. That's, by the way, in that draft. That's all they have in Edmonton is the Oilers. So he's coming to Boston being like, oh, it's awesome. Playing for the original six and all this shit. Like, buddy, you just played in probably a bigger market in Edmonton and didn't do anything. Okay, you got traded out of there. And yeah, you went to a non-hockey market in Arizona last season. But the only thing I'll say about Swayman is if he's hot going into the playoffs, you need to play him. You do not need to go. Well, Tuka Rask has been here all these years. He, you know what? We'll throw. He's got 300 wins. Let's throw him on in there. No, if Tuka Rask looks good going into the playoffs, fine. Have You start him, but you have a quick leash with him. If Swayman is the hot guy going in, you need to start him. How yeah, much, yeah. Like you're not going to get an argument with me on that, Mike. No, but if but this is my next question, I'm wondering is 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 a guy like Rask going to be okay with that though? Like, do you think a guy like Tuka Rask would be okay sitting on the bench again while there's a rookie goalie in net for the playoffs, or, or do you think that would screw his mental state up completely? If the rookie goalie's playing better, I don't care what Tuka's mental state is. I've said this. So do I, but I'm just... You go with the hot hand, okay? Well, let's say... Good, good. Then have Rask leave again and have Halak be the backup. <laughs> That'll be fine, okay? What we talked about was going into the playoffs, you go with the hot hand. Absolutely. But what if they're both playing scorching hot? Then I'm going with Tuka. Okay, fine. That's, you, okay, that's okay, my okay, thing. Fine, 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 fine. But I'm telling you, do you think... They need to have a – I'm not saying you disagree with me, but I'm just saying, like, in general. They should have a quick leash with Tuca if he's given up some soft goals. They give up two goals in the first. They need to have a quick leash with him. Because in the past, yes. they have. Yes. I think they, they, they have it, but they, they need to and they will, especially because they've invested in the lineup. Right. And now they know they have a very reliable – let's call him a third-string goalie now because – Halak's coming off the COVID list, but I would rather Swayman in net than Halak. We saw what Halak was in the bubble yes, last year. Yes, absolutely. So I think, either, look, if they're neck and neck, I'm going Tuka. He's got 301 wins. I've seen the guy take the Bruins to the cup for two two different seasons. Okay? I've seen it happen with Tuka. I'm going to hitch my wagon to him. We're just, all right, we're just assuming his head's screwed on straight. It never is. And if you're a goalie, your, your head's never screwed on straight. Oh, uh, but what? Dude, Rask is he—he—he's a different kind of not screwed on straight goalie. If his head's screwed on straight, he might not even show up for practice the next day. Show up for the games, then. I don't. You and your practice. I don't. <laughs> it, I, Mikey, in 2019, man, that series against Columbus, I it, and I—it I was a battle of goalies. The right. day. It was a battle. It was of a battle goals. of goalies. I totally forgot who Columbus had. Dude, they had Duchesne. Dubinsky was decent up front. Artemi Panarin, Fast they team. had a damn good line. Who? who? Fast team, I said. Yeah, they had a damn good team. Bruins were lucky to get out of that round. I'm not going to lie to you. But, and, and again, it was Tuca that stole them that series. And I will argue with anybody on that. Does that series go, um, what, six? It didn't go seven. It went six, right? It went six. It went six. But did have a good series, though. He had a first, like, good two games, and then that was it. He turned into playoff Bobrovsky, which is shit. Um. Yeah, you. If it's neck and neck, I'm still going Tuca. I've seen him do it. All right. Well, hey. who? I don't know. I just. I don't know. A lot of these Vesna goalies, in my opinion, they just don't. They don't win Stanley Cups. I mean, I, I've said this before too. I've. I went down the list before. You go with your Carey Prices. You go with your Henrik Lundqvist. Your Tuca Rask. Your Pekarines. All great goalies at some point in their career, but they all have no cup. And you got guys like Matt Murray coming in here winning cups. Jordan Bennington coming in here winning cups. I don't care if they suck two years down the line. I'll take the Stanley Cup right the F now. Yeah, I, because the Vesna is just a regular season 
you know, right. accomplishment. But I don't care about that's that. That's me telling look you at that some of those... elite goalies have a hard time winning cups. Because the teams don't set them up for success. Well, if you're the best goalie, go steal the freaking playoffs. Like Tim Thomas. You can't have a goalie. You're not going to have a goalie steal you four freaking rounds in the NHL playoffs. Tim Thomas it's not going to happen. What? I said Tim Thomas did in 2011. He stole four series for the Bruins in 2011. He stood on his head for a great deal of those playoffs. Okay, let's go back and think about that. Philly was an absolute shitbag wash, okay? So I think that was the whole team. I'm not giving Thomas any credit in that one, okay? <laughs> he's, he's still the goalie on the winning end. He made some good saves. But he didn't – the argument is, did he steal the series? Did he steal it against Philadelphia, Mike? He didn't need the, – the series, they needed him to steal it. He, he did. He didn't steal it against Philly, so that one's taken out. He almost cost them the series against Montreal. No, he, no, he made some huge saves in that series. After the team bailed him out after the first uh, two games, Mike. Uh, I don't know. About after, the, Oh, my God. After the first two games. I'm not giving Thomas the Montreal series. Wow. I'm, I'm just not doing okay. it. You can maybe talk me into Tampa. Tampa he stole yes. game seven. He stole game seven against Tampa. He stole the Stanley Cup series against the Canucks. Because I don't care how tough of a team you are. If Thomas doesn't play the way he does against the Canucks, you're not winning that series. Vancouver is just too good. Maybe against Tampa. Maybe. You can talk me into it. But Vancouver for sure. Well, Thomas hey, did not steal you while, three series. While the rest of the league doesn't have all this tape on Swayman, why not, why not ride with him? Even if, even if Rask and Swayman are equally hot going to the playoffs, why not ride with that? Because you you go with the guy who's already got three hundred one career wins, who's oh, made it oh, to the cup twice, but but you have a short leash on him, Mike. You go with Rask. You have more money invested with him. I don't care if they're neck and neck, but if he has his dumb comments again, or if he's letting up soft goals like Mister Softy, you yank his ass. And I don't care if you do it in the second period of game one, but you let Rask start. No, no, no. But yeah, uh, that was my Rask impersonation. Nice. I got another thought on the Bruins. We mentioned <laughs> that the other day they played the Capitals on Sunday. Oh, here Couple we go. It's going to be Sean Corrali in, in that, right? Yep, yep. So, Tom Wilson, people called it a questionable hit. No, that wasn't. On Sean Corrali. If you go back and watch the play, Corrali was falling at the time Wilson had already committed to the hit. And the Bruins' Twitter account was a joke. Did you see what they tweeted? Wilson with another hit from behind on Corrali. Like, okay, Who, whoever the hell runs that account should just be fucking fired. Okay. That's my first F-bomb in so many episodes, by the way. Nice. And then, and then, Garnet Hathaway hits Jared Tenorti a couple feet from the boards, but whatever. It looked like it was from behind, but have you gone back to watch that, that hit? I've seen it in slow-mo. Yeah, and did you see what I saw? Yeah, he turned his body I, a little bit. Yeah, the last second. So if you're Tenorti, you're supposed to be this big six foot four tough guy. Why wouldn't you take the shoulder to shoulder hit? Instead, you turn, put yourself in a bad, vulnerable spot, and it looks like you get hit from behind when the player's already committed to the hit because yeah. you change your mind at the last second. The Bruins, and I know all, a lot of teams do this, pretty much everybody. The Bruins have made an art form out of this for years. Bergeron used to do it. I've seen Pasternak do it. The defense is famous for Carlo always does it. They Not Marshan. The last second, they they always turn at the last second and take it from behind, like a hit from behind, and it make and the, the fact that Hathaway was tossed out of yesterday's game. I was like, well, this game's done. It's yeah, it was a five minute major, wasn't it? And they even reviewed it, and they still said it was a bad hit. When does it fall on the player for turning into the hit like that, putting Wait, himself kinda, in that position? I'm sort of confused. Are those plays reviewable? Where like. Someone might get hit from behind, and they call a penalty. I think if they call a major penalty, then yes. A major penalty can be reviewed. But it's like, dude, Tenorti turns away from the hit when the hits are, like, at the last second. When do you start telling the player, buddy, stop doing that. You're going to get seriously injured. Right. No, but um, I'm going back to the Tom Wilson one. Like, Like, I feel like a lot of people that, like, they just sort of forget about the hit itself. And they immediately jump to the back of the jersey that says Wilson. They see, oh, Wilson, it had to have been a cheap shot without even without even watching the replay. But, you know, on that one specifically, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. Sean Corrali, you know, he kind of made an awkward turn to where it looked, it, it looked so, sort of cheap in real time. But on the replay, when they slow it down a bit, it's all momentum. I mean, 
there's not really right. there's not really a way for Tom Wilson to sit there and you know adjust himself because he went down too. He went down because Corrali went down. If that didn't happen, it right. would have it would have it would have been fine. But you know, I didn't think that hit was dirty at all. I didn't think the Tenority one was dirty either. I think it's I think it's an awkward play. Is it is it part of the Bruins' fault? Yeah, it might be the whole. It might, in fact, be the entire fault on the Bruins' end there. But I'm just saying, it is kind of gutless when you have an account like that tweeting out at Tom Wilson after, after just being, after neglecting to realize that it really wasn't a cheap shot in the first place. Damn, what a word you just picked right there, neglecting. I like that. No, I just, I've seen it with the Bruins for so Seven long. Seven years they in always... college for you. That's how I figured that out. They... Nice. They turn at the last second. It's just, oh, I, for once, I want to see a ref like, no, like it's on you. Don't do that. And again, it's not just the Bruins, but everybody in the league does it. But uh, you know, we I see the Bruins all the time because of TV and whatever where we live. It, it's it's sickening, and I cannot yeah, stand it. And like you that, said, then you go on Twitter, and because people see exactly. it's Tom Wilson, the first one, they freak exactly. out. Like, buddy, you know who's on the ice? Like, keep your freaking head up. And by the way. I don't even think the Wilson hit on Carlo was even that bad. It was bad, but of course everybody's ah oh, cheap hit. That's a dirty hit. Get him out of the league. Like okay, really? Shut the hell up. Hey, I mean, you said it. I just, I just think that a lot of uh, a lot of these people, they just they see a name and then they just get so filled with emotion because of it, and then without even they just fail to realize the actual play that happened. They just immediately jumped to their emotion on the actual player that was involved. So, Speaking of jumping to their emotion, let me just say this real quick. A couple weeks ago, I said on here that I thought Jack Edwards, when he's not being a homer and he just calls the game, is pretty decent. And he, I, I still think that, okay? Andy Brickley, whew, that man just slaps himself around in some Bruins peanut butter, <laughs> doesn't he? What I thought I you were going to say smack himself guy. around in the booth because he's next to Jack Edwards. Oh, my God. He is just – what pisses me off of Brickley is it's never because the other team did the right play. It's because the Bruins didn't do something correctly, okay? I can watch a guy for the Islanders going on a breakaway and score a beautiful behind Sounds the like legs. Sounds like Bill Belichick. Deep, okay? Oh, great move by Barzell, call it. Brickley's breakdown will be, well, if you're watching the defensive zone, Crowley doesn't get the puck this way, and Wagner – it's all this, and that's why the breakaway happens. No, the breakaway happens because you have your dumb fourth line out there, and Matthew Barzell's an elite worldwide player. Stripped them of the puck and went on a breakaway and undressed. Yeah, that's Tuka. a mismatch right like, there. Fourth line against Barzell. And I'm just using that as an excuse, but Brickley's just pathetic in the booth, man. Like, he doesn't say anything at all. He's just, it's always the Bruins are the best, and I get they work for the hometown team, but. Dude, you just come off pathetic, in my opinion. Man. You see that? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about people's ratings, but um, there was some kind of statistic about, you know, like non-Bruins fans, but like, well, like all fans voting for like who has the best and who has the uh, the worst broadcast. I think the NHL fans across the league voted the Bruins to have the worst broadcast in the league. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I just think people hate Boston that aren't Boston yeah, sports fans might, more than anything. Yeah, there might be a little bit of a, a reputation tied into that. But, but dude, like I've said, if Jack's calling the normal game and he's not trying to be whatever, he's fine. I can listen to him. Like, there was a game a couple weeks ago. It was against – I think it was against Philadelphia. Yeah, it was. It was. And the Philly scored to make it 4-2. to two. It was Swayman's only loss in his career. How about that, Philly? <laughs> and Philly scored. And it was like a goalie interference being reviewed. Oh, four I wanted, right? Yes. Um, but take the take Philly out of it. Put in Pittsburgh, I don't care, Dallas, Florida teams. I wanted that goal to stand. It was a blatant goalie interference by Vorchek, but I wanted the goal to stand just to hear Jack. Oh, oh. Yeah. Because the whole time he's like, Oh, what are they even looking at it? It's no goal. It's going to be done in 10 seconds. Mikey, it was like a buck 30. And he's like, I don't know why they're still looking. It was clear as day. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to lose it. I hope they call it a goal. Call it a goal. But they said no <laughs> goal. But, I mean, you you brought it up, too. The whole one is like, tripping. And he's freaking out. Like, that shit kind of does, like, make me laugh sometimes. Remember, remember the game? Of, I think it, it was uh, – it might have been 2011. I'm not sure. But when 
Hammerlick goes down as if shot, and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) like that's funny. That stuff is funny to me. And then I remember there was one time, me, you, and I'm pretty sure it was Nick who we're gonna have on as a guest one of these episodes. But we were watching them play Toronto in college. And I just remember Joffrey Lupult takes a clapper from inside a circle and it hit the post and it was loud. And Jack Edwards is like, Lupul shot, bing! Just like <laughs> yeah. screams it. I'm like, what the Christ? BK like, Subban goes into the net and Montreal can head to the sprays. Quiet. I mean, I hate it when he said the Philly thing, but no, I'm kidding. Like, but when he does the over-the-top homer stuff, that's when he loses. Rags Whatever. Yeah. Like, and then when he did the whole, was that the one where he's like, well, I'm driving down from Montreal? And it's like, dude, don't make it about you. It's who about the, hell, the freaking I mean, team, all right? I know if you don't, I know that it can be pricey, but who the hell would drive to Montreal? I mean, I, if you're going with like a team or like a team trip, yeah, you take a bus. But man, after flying to Montreal and flying back, you couldn't pay me to drive that seven and a half hours. No freaking way. It's only five hours from where I live, I got, though. I so got there that, in a plane. I got there in a plane in 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, that's – I did that um, last year when I went to Philly with my brother. It was like an hour you go flight. go up and come even. down. You're like, oh, well, what the hell is the point of even bringing snacks around? <laughs> anyway, uh, Mikey, did you see this fight over the weekend with the YouTube star Jake Paul? He fought former MMA fighter Ben Askren. And I say former because he's retired. You want to talk about some of the most – punchable faces in all of society today. That's one of them right there. Which Paul. guy? Yes. I, I, yes. Dude, when they said Ben Askren was an MF, MMA fighter, I was like, are you joking? Have you seen the shape that that guy's in? Why doesn't this guy, <laughs> why doesn't this clown fight someone that's actually in decent shape? Dude, like, this guy looks like he's been hanging out at the grill and chill down the street from me, having, like, extra large blizzards for Eating late sake. night like... twice, five times a week. <laughs> Dude, Curry had some bomb late night. The, the cheesesteaks are actually pretty some good. Some of the quesadillas. <laughs> um, but, buddy, a first-round knockout. First of all, you're an M- you used to fight MMA, so you know how to throw a punch, okay? He and got paid. you lose to a YouTube star in the first round. Had to have been money involved there. Even still, like, that makes you look brutal. Like, <laughs> I watched it. Whew. And it wasn't. It didn't even look like a hard punch. That's the it thing. It looked like a rubber, a piece of rubber flying back and like on the ring. So here's, here's, my, here's the fight I want to see next. Jake Paul in the ring against Mike Tyson. I don't care if Mike Tyson's 50-something years old. He would old. commit murder. Give me an... He would what? commit murder if that was an actual thing. Give me my... I, let's see it happen. Mike Tyson against Jake Have Paul. Have seen the I, podcast? I will pay to watch two? that. I will pay to see it, Mike. Think about it. An MMA fighter doesn't know how to punch like a boxer does because an MMA fighter can kick and rustle you down. A boxer uses their Stand-up hands, game. Mike. They... Know how to strike, not to sound morbid, but they know how to strike to kill. Like, it's crazy. Okay? Give me an actual boxer with a name who's done it against this Paul character. Because he's so cocky. Both Paul brothers are. And I hate that we're even talking about it, but... I'm a YouTube uh, sensation. Hey, you know what? Awesome. And if that happens to one of us and we can make money because of this podcast or fighting a... A fighting a somewhat athlete, cool, but I want to see Mike Tyson knock this guy. I will go fight Mike Tyson if it makes us get some more recognition. (laughs) Instead of boxing gloves, I'll wear batting gloves. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine Mike Tyson? Like, this kid is so cocky and arrogant. Like, Mike Tyson, I feel like, is flips a switch and it's like, okay, I'm going to kill you now in this ring. Like there's there's no like exhibition sparring. It's I'm in the ring to box you, and I'm not going to stop until I knock your head to next week. Can you imagine if Mike Tyson took some of the drugs he's talked about he's taken before, like DMT and some of that. Like, dude, I don't know if you've seen the video, but there's an actual like podcast that was pretty recent. I think I I think Jake Paul and Mike Tyson are 
are together on set talking. And Mike Tyson's like, dude, I, I, will, I will eat your face off in a boxing match. Like, don't even try. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. But it's out there somewhere. And, man, I think you're playing with fire if you're going to fight Mike Tyson. Hey, this Jake Paul wants to call people out. And wasn't it him chasing after McGregor and throwing shit out? Fight Mike Tyson. See, I'm no, Fight a real boxer. I'm no McGregor fan anymore. But, man, I would love to see that. Yeah, me too. I mean, but look at this guy's fought in a retired MMA guy, so that's not a boxer. He not fought Nate anymore. Robinson. He fought Nate Robinson, who's a freaking who's basketball my size. player. Okay, yeah, basically He's like five six. And you had a Vander Kane, some other NHL guys coming out saying, you know, I'll fight him. No, because you'll lose too. A boxer. Say what you want about Paul. At least he's like trained. I guess his whole life. So maybe he has that snap to his punch. And a guest we want to have on soon, Bob Halloran, he's covered boxing before he went to Channel 5 in Boston. So, like, he, he'll he know what he's talking the original about. The Boston Garden was built for boxing. Nice. So let's see, Jake Paul. I'm telling you, I want Jake Paul and Mike Tyson. Can you? I'll uh, be on board with that. Or Floyd That Dayweather. would be great. But, no, I, I think they, they tried that, and it didn't happen because Mayweather's probably like, no, I'll – I don't, I'm too you good imagine for this, but like, if Floyd Mayweather agreed to that and he lost to a YouTuber? The one loss was to a freaking YouTube kid. Maybe that's part of the yeah. reason why he doesn't want to do it. Maybe. But I want to see. That's the thing. Mike Tyson, Jake Paul. Give me a real fight. That would be yeah. awesome. But, uh, Mikey, your Red Sox, local nine, baby. They bust out the Boston City Connects uniform over the weekend. As they play four with the Chicago White Sox, as the last game will be today, as we record on Monday, Patriots Day. Hello. Uh, first off, what do you think about those uniforms, Mikey? The yellow, yellow tops, powder blue. That's his Boston across the chest, powder blue hats. See, I'm not crazy about the hats, but the jerseys. Oh, I think those are sweet. I, I really like those a lot. I like, I like uniforms that shine, that shine nice and bright in the sun. I like that. I can get off on that for baseball. Although, you know, I might sound a little hypocritical because, you know, I say I like that. But then I say I turn around and I say, dude, I'm going a little off topic again, but I just want to compare the two. I like the Red Sox marathon uh, uniforms. But I recognize that they only wear those probably, what, three or four times a season. Now, what I'm going to compare it to is uh, the L.A. Kings third jersey. Oh, those are ratchet. Oh. Those are terrible. Those are disgusting. Oh. Oh. You want to talk about flipping the switch on a color combo? Look no further. That is disgusting. Oh, I love it. You like those? You... I love it. The the LA King reverse retros? No. Yes, the Minnesota Vikings jerseys. Oh. Mikey, I have a pair of hockey gloves that match it. The, that bright purple with the yellowish gold. I think it's Chef Italian kiss right there. Love it. Love it. I love when they wear those. You shitting me? They're unreal. But the Red Sox ones, yeah, I don't mind them. I'm a sucker for powder blue. It's my favorite yeah, it color. says 617 on the shoulder too, kid. <laughs> I mean, you know, when they played the Twins last week and they had their powder blues, gorgeous. The Toronto Blue Jays powder blues, gorgeous. The Cardinals... I love powder blue. It's always been my favorite color. San Diego. I like the Boston ones. They're cool. They, they, yeah, the Chargers. They're only wearing them on the weekend. So when they play Monday, they're going to wear the regular home tops, I believe, but that's a Boston. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the white jerseys, but say just Boston and red. So I think it's kind of cool. I like it too. Um, While we're we're on the Red Sox really quick, and before we dig into it, I just want to mention what, I can't say the word right now, but what a bunch of Sally's the Red Sox organization is for calling that game off on Friday. Oh, there's a little snow on the – you just played a game in almost a blizzard in Minnesota. They had no problem there. <laughs> I saw Detroit, yeah. I saw Miguel Cabrera hit a home run. I think it's a ground root double because there was snow coming down in Detroit. But we get back to Boston, there's some snow coming down, and, ooh, we can't play today. We can't play today. And then by the time the game would have started, it was maybe a drizzle. Oh, I, I think that I think that's a terrible look. Oh, that's such a terrible look. You Sally's in the Red Sox organization. You freaking Sally's. You can't even play in a thing of snow. 
come on. That's yeah, it's I would it's... pay. I'd pay double the price ticket. I mean, I would play. I would pay double the ticket price to go see a baseball game in some snow. That would be awesome. A price ticket. Yeah, I mean, it's all financially driven. That's the problem. If 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 you could have a hundred percent capacity of Fenway, they would have let everybody go there and then called the game. But even still, like you said, you just played in Minnesota in the snow. Why aren't you playing in the snow up here? And I thought Boston's supposed to be blue collar. Yeah, we're tough guys. We're used to the snow here in the Northeast. Uh, I'm gonna get the the old Fisher plow on the on the Chevy pickup, dude. A couple like, and it was a rain sleet mix, and you called yep. a game. And then Pathetic. you saw Detroit and Minnesota both playing it earlier this year. Pathetic. While but, you were one of those teams uh, too. So they rattle off nine in a row since starting zero and three. They went to ten and four, I believe, Mikey, and then they just got swept in a doubleheader over the weekend to the White Sox. But here's my question. Okay, what are the Red Sox actually going to be? And when I say that, when their offense is like shut down or quiet, I think that's the real Red Sox team. You know, their their pitching is suspect. Their defense is all right. Unless that offense is lighting it up. Okay, maybe they are an 85. I think it's up to the middle of the order. If 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 the middle of the order is hitting, I think they'll win a lot of ball games. If guys like if guys like Bogarts, Martinez, Devers and Vasquez and I'll throw in Verdugo to half the lineup. If those guys are hitting, I'm happy. But when you have guys like Kike Hernandez, who's a career 230 hitter, leading off for your ball club, I think that's a huge red flag in my opinion. But but something over the last few games that's really bothered me is, you know, you look at the White Sox games. You look at, I think, that last Minnesota game, or the two, or the two last Minnesota games. They're getting off to... Like in in the hole early, like first inning one nothing, first inning two nothing. It's like they're not coming out on the lead. They're giving up runs early, and I think that's a dangerous way to play baseball. You want to be you want to be a t- who can score runs, but once you're down, at, especially in baseball, I feel like there's that sort of mentality of well we're down, we got to start start changing the way you think, changing the way you play a little bit. So I don't know, I I. I think it's a dangerous way to play baseball when you're giving up runs in the first and second innings. I think in the last five games, they've done that. Yeah, and ultimately with this Sox pitching staff, I think right now they're above water. No. I don't think they're going to be this good. <clears throat> I don't think they're going to be terrible. But, you know, it is Martin April. Perez, so oh, the first month of the year. I don't like him. I still think, you know, if that if you get in too much of a hole, you can't come out of it. But. The offense does still have that capability to hang up seven points a game, seven runs, excuse me. Uh, but I think without that offense, maybe right. the Sox aren't as good especially, as especially when I thought. When your team be. isn't hitting, is your pitching able to take you out of those holes? As of right now, I don't think they are. Right. Hey, look, I'm optimistic about Nathan Ovaldi. I think he's looked pretty good out of the gate. But the rest of the guys down the line, I, re- I really don't know about. I mean – you saw Garrett Richards had that terrible first first start of the year. He hasn't looked as bad. He's actually looked kind of decent the last couple outings. But, yeah, but if this team can't score runs, I'm worried about their pitching being able to keep up. Uh, no, I'm with you for sure. Um, I just had to, oh, how about this team in the league? Being in last place. That is awesome. I think they said that the last awesome. time that's happened. I love when these big market teams suck because it's like, dude, you have all the money in the world to buy yourself wins and you can't even That's why do I'm that. Red Sox. You're pathetic. You're just pathetic. Um, but ultimately, let's see. I, I don't, I'm not a Sox fan. You know this. But I think it's going to be an entertaining season for them. And I, I actually have been watching. That's what I wanted to say. I watched the doubleheader the other day on Sunday. The two seven games. Sundays, and I tweeted this from our account at Off, at off the Rails Pod too. That doubleheader was more exciting than watching a one nine-inning game. Probably because I don't know why. Because the I, runs I sat are more there watched, urgent when you get them than you got the nine innings. Yeah, even you cut off two innings of a baseball game, and for me, it's way more entertaining. Like they had Michael Kopech going in the first game, and they didn't want to bring him back out in the fourth inning, but they did. I think he had no hitter going, and immediately gives up a hit, takes him out, and it's like wow, like the Fake stress no level hit, goes up. There's more strategy to no it. Hitter. What? Unless still wouldn't have been a no hitter. Yeah, true. Um, dude, no, baseball no, should just cut off can't. two innings. I don't care about tradition. 
Your sport sucks. Fine, it's it might boring. be boring. Give me the don't two, change the game Give me the like two doubleheaders. I mean, just, I don't know. What bothers me about the sport is you have the guy throw throw in the bullpen for five minutes, comes into the game, takes his sweet-ass time getting to the mound, gets to the mound, touches the rosin bag, touches his ball bag, freaking throws, <laughs> throws ten more pitches, then we got to play. Like, can you hurry up? Yeah. And then I hate the whole the replay thing in baseball, back. too. Like, I want to see the ugh, golf cart back out pathetic, there. You know what? But... The guy's coming into the game, drive it down, pick him up, scoop him, bring him back to the mound. Yeah, just go watch the movie Major League. <laughs> Uh, Mikey, the Patriots bring back J.C. Jackson. He signs his tender. Uh, real quick, before we dive into it, it's I think it's up to 15 teams have have opted to not show up, like the 15 teams players, if I said that right, to not show up for the voluntary workouts due to they feel it's unsafe work conditions with COVID still going on, um, things like that. So I'm not going to get on them for that. However, as we're recording this, I just saw Cam Newton has showed up for the Patriots. That's a good sign. He needs all the help he can get. He's he's still – I know, I know. So when they cut his ass and he has to sign with another team. Um, But whatever, he's still playing his game. But I just wanted to mention that so we don't look like idiots even more. Getting back to J.C. Jackson, good cornerback. I think he had, what, eight interceptions last season, Mikey? Yeah, we, great. That's a good step. Glad he is back. Um. What do you think this what can you See, think about this defense? Even before this, this happened, season? I was in my mind I still had JC Jackson back on the team when I like looked at the defense. So the defense is actually I think the real bright spot in my opinion. Because no, defense. Well, I, I like the addition of Matt Judon. I think that's gonna really help the pass rush. I think we, we've already talked about that. But you know, if they hang on to Gilmore too, I think this de- and and you have guys like Hightower coming back. You just re-signed Van Noy. I know Van Noy's not the greatest player, but Bill Belichick used him in a way to his strengths when he was here. So I am very optimistic about the defense. I think the defense is the bright spot of this team, that and special teams. And which which is why, Anthony, I keep saying over and over again, go out and trade the number fifteen overall pick for a wide receiver. I like the defense. I'm I think it's gonna be the I think it's going to be the real bright spot of the team this year. So I'm high on the D as well, on the defense as well. Uh, I think, whatever, J.C. Jackson, I think he has a good number two last year. I don't think, exactly. I've heard some things. I wouldn't be surprised if Gilmore is re signed to maybe somewhat Mm -hmm. of an extension. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't think Gilmore's as good as Gilmore thinks he is, but I well. want to keep him if that's like the case. Records agreeing with each other sometimes, but yeah, whatever. Well, I still think okay. that you suck playing goal, but whatever. Um, <laughs> here's what we'll disagree: if they're if they're at 15 and the quarterback they want is gone, draft defense because I think this defense can get you four wins this year. I'm still <laughs> skeptical on the offense because it's going to take them a couple games to get one in rhythm Two, who the hell is the quarterback is going to be. If it's Cam Newton, I'm not having any faith in this. Yeah. If Cam Newton is going to be, if Cam Newton is going to be the quarterback. I don't want any part of trade number 15 for receiver. And by the way, just because they signed everybody in their brother, exactly. doesn't no, mean it's, it's going to work out. Like signings don't work out. So their offense should be improved. Should be. But I think right now as the defense is built and Hey, it might not work out on D as well. I think defense can get you four wins. Okay. Uh, and especially so if they can draft somebody at 15. I'm trying to do math in my head. You just put me on the spot. Yeah, at 17. Uh, yeah, hey, whatever, fine. <laughs> as long as it's – because I know Cam Newton's not the answer quarterback. It should have been last season. season. Next. So I just want to see the – Exactly. He shouldn't even be in the NFL. I just want to see this defense back to, like, the early 2000s Patriots defense, and I think they can be. If they draft defense uh, at number fifteen, I, 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 and I just think it. I think you have more holes in the team rather than defense at the moment, where you need to use that pick defensively. But what the hell do I know? I don't know, Mikey. What do you six, know? Six plus eleven, I can do that. So you think you? Yeah. Well, math was never my strong suit. Just to let you know, should have failed that shit at Curry. Don't know. That's like passed. the one thing I did pass at Curry. So. Didn't you skip a class and tell the professor you were sick and then he yep, called us on the street off? That was, that was your boy. I don't want to say his name, but that was the same professor that you had, too. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, don't, don't. Who was kind of, yeah, who was oh, kind yeah. of a, uh, yeah. 
yeah. a D-bag at times, but hey, he, he still passed me, though. That they blew like Let's a 12-point lead with there. a minute this left. winning streak started with an overtime win. So, right, like you said, they blew a lead and had to take the Minnesota Timberwolves at, what, 12 wins to the overtime? That's pathetic. They beat the Lakers yep. in L.A. without the two best players in the league almost. So I'm not putting a whole lot of stake into this just yet. Had they looked better? Absolutely. Will the addition of Jabari Parker help? Probably not. I don't think he's had a great season either. But I think, like you said, with the Bruins, let's keep it in our pants right now with the Celtics. Yeah, that sounded like shit on the air, so that's good. Uh, it just, like, splash right in. But it's the freaking Warriors, man. They're not the same Warriors. They're in 10th place in the NBA, okay? The winning streak last week, whatever the hell it was called, kind of fake. You beat up on a lot of shit teams. The win at Denver, big boy win. The win at uh, the Portland Trail Blazers going back and forth Good win. with Damian Lillard in the fourth. Big, big boy win. I think that was a bigger but win look, than one against I just, um, Yeah, I mean, I'm going to cut you off, but I just feel like these, are the ty- these were the kind of games that this team lost even a month ago. So, you know, it's getting toward the end of the season. And they're playing a lot better, so... Is it is obviously there's a reason to be happy for Celtics fans, but keep it in your pants for now. Well, you know Celtics fans, they just they see a guy hit a three and By the way, because I keep I'm Twitter up, tear the freaking garden down because Tice got dealt. Uh, yeah, I actually like them. Uh, Gritty, you know the Fly- Philadelphia Flyers mascot, just tweeted a picture out, like literally just did it. It's a picture of him at the Flyers game yesterday. <laughs> Poor guy had to be there. Um, holding a sign that says, I got at Jake Paul oh, next. Hey. Uh, with a boxing glove on. And the caption says, sign the great. contract. Huh. So I went on the page and I retweeted and said, ha, ha, ha. Would be a better fight than the one the other day. <laughs> so I want to see Mike Tyson and Jake Paul. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you beat the Lakers who don't have LeBron or Anthony right. Davis playing. So how hard is that? Seriously. And they the, still put up, what, is a 113 team. on them? Holy okay. Shit. Imagine if LeBron and AD were there. It yeah, been exactly. It would have been that, but they, you know, say what you want about LeBron. The he man plays does. both ends of the court. He's He plays defense, okay? So, whatever. I do like that Tatum has seemingly taken over, like, at the end of the games. He he doesn't pass it off anymore, it seems like. He wants that last shot. But isn't that, I think, can be a big difference maker for the Celtics. But here's my thing with Tatum. I would Why did it take a former Celtic calling you out in the media? Why does that take that to turn him into right. isn't, what it, he's playing? Isn't like that right kind of you know? I don't. Isn't that kind of sad though that like it takes that? It, it it doesn't even take your teammates wanting to win. It doesn't even take your head coach talking to you. It takes a guy who used to play basketball who's sitting at a desk on TV, who tweets at you saying something about your game. That's gonna turn you around. Not your head coach. Not your teammates. Some, such a bad look. Such a well, or, I mean, or, you know what the problem was? Celtic fans were always like, oh, Danny gets guys that are going to compete. They're going to play hard. They're going to crash on the floor. Mark is smart. The Celtics, Not really. Because there's no other reason why That's, the Celtics I, are the balls. I hate that thing. Anyway. Um, it is pathetic. But it's just pathetic. So that just goes to show you right there, Tatum only cares his, his what his national perception is. Oh, what people oh, – well, oh, Oh, people yeah. aren't buying my chips right now. Got to start throwing up 50 points a night. Then they'll stop buying them. That's exactly it. I think once Tatum could leave Boston, he will. And I've thought that for a while. But that is just so evident that until the national media perception of him is down, he's not going to give a rat's ass. It's almost like Rajon Rondo. Rondo shows up and they're on NBC. Or not NBC, but ABC, you know, like. And the big lights are on moments. And I feel like Jason Tatum has a little yeah, bit of that. You could be right. I mean, what this team's going to do in the playoffs, who knows? I still think they're good enough to win a round. But any more than that, I, I, I really don't know. I still think it's going to be the Celtics and Nets in the Eastern Conference Final. But whatever. Uh, Mikey, you said it. The Celtics have signed former number two overall pick Jabari Parker. Uh, this kid was highly touted coming out of Duke, I believe, obviously. A strange career, hasn't really lived up to the hype. He's had a lot of injuries. Let's see what he's got left. Um, he's been sort of a suitcase in the league, been traveling <laughs> around. A part two in Boston. Yeah. Uh, he. I think he had some depth for the team. You know, what do you think, real quick? Like you said, he hasn't had the greatest career. He hasn't lived up to his expectations. But, hey, if he comes in here as a role player, 
there might be a little room for him. He might be able to succeed in that role. But, you know, if he's going to be out there as one of your primetime guys in the lineup, I, I, I wouldn't want that. I want him more as a role player. Yeah, I think he'll just be a guy that comes off the bench to give some guys a breather. But whatever, we'll see. Um, do you remember? We had a friend in Curry who loved Jabari Parker that, when he was a college player. Is, and he is was this a New York sports what? fan? No. Uh, a fan that doesn't live in this country. I mean, fuck, <laughs> we can we can say it's Jose. You know, Jose loved Jabari Parker. And he'd always be like, oh, I'm telling you, he's going to be the next LeBron James. This guy has it. You know, he's so good, blah, blah, blah. Jabari Parker hasn't done shit. And he also told me how good Jaleel Okafor was going to be coming into the draft, too. So, Jose need, is like I, 0 for 7 I need a on Jose players to tell me to watch. On hearing him say some of those names. Dude, we should try to like get in contact with him. Dude, I've texted come him on. and I've tried calling him a couple times. I've gotten nothing. So I bet he no. wouldn't come on. Uh, he, he was. I mean, he was a good dude. Like I he, enjoyed Jose's company a lot. He, he knew where to go to McDonald's? eat. McDonald's, and I like that. So no, no. Like, all right, real quick, a Jose story. So you know how he hates yeah. restaurants. McDonald's. You know what his favorite restaurant was? Like when he was no, when he was living in Massachusetts. Ninety nine curry. No, that's mine. Uh, TGI Fridays. See, I thought I thought they were good probably 15 <laughs> he, years ago. No, no, they're terrible. But, dude, 99 is legit. I, I used to go to that place all the time growing up, the one by my house. And then when I was at Curry, there was one like four miles down the road on 138. Dude, it was the best. I would go there, get my, my nachos, get like my, my meal. And then the best thing in the world happened. I became boys with a waiter there because we used to play hockey on Wednesdays. I would ditch a class, me and Terrence, and we it was like a public hour for two hours, but it was always it was like a basically a men's league. And you had two goalies, it was sick. Dude, one of the guys that was playing there was a waiter at ninety nine. He caught me nachos every time I went. It was the best. I think hold on. What do you think the worst chain restaurant is? Cause I got I got one in mind right now too. I think it's terrible. Uh, like in the that worst realm chain of restaurant, like, you know, ninety nine Friday. TGI Friday. I think Applebee's. That place sucks. I knew you were gonna say Applebee's. Every time I go to Applebee's, I feel I like I could have made the food that gets put in front of me. I feel. I feel like. I feel okay. Like well, my food just got microwaved, and now here it is. <laughs> I like the fries. Oh, there. the fries are usually I went, pretty the last good time when they're not I had an Apple freaking cold. Well, I mean, that's See, that's what happens when you go to these restaurants, in Buffalo. Like buffalo wings and like like put the bone in them, but man, back in the day, TGI yep. Fridays had the bombest buffalo strips. The buffalo strips they used to have were so freaking good, but now they look they're probably just cold as shit, and they probably don't even have them anymore. I used to work at a when I was in high school, I worked at like a pizza place, but it, w- it was like a pizza slash chicken wings an place, and they <clears throat> pizzings, pizza and wings, dude, it was unreal, like. The the guy that ran it and owned it knew how to cook the wings on or off the bone. The best thing. I'd get, like, a pizza some nights, but they had, like, 33 different flavors of wings. And I would always get, like, garlic parm, just go, like, sit at the table, crush six wings or whatever. Stuff. It was awesome. Oh, I haven't had be, wings in a while. Not about twice a week. Yeah, it worked. Do you really? Damn. By the way, by the way. I got to get some. If you're you gotta get a, some shop, a stop and shop or like a Shaw's, go to like the little hot food place. What the wings are, get the salt and vinegar wings. They don't, they don't, they'll change your life. They will change your life. You think Market Basket would? I th- they have like a hot top thing like you're talking about too. Because I have a Market Basket where I live. Yeah, live in large. Don't tell me about it. So I'm th- like, I bet you I should it try some good. Of Who knows? I'm gonna get food poisoning <laughs> now and blame you, but. <laughs> Oh man, Mike, you got anything else for this episode? Well, let me tell you something. This episode that you graciously just listened to, we appreciate you listening to. This episode of Off the Rails is brought to you by Dan Letelier of Team Letelier over at Remax Realty. Dan is your man when it comes to your buying or home selling needs. He serves all of York and Cumberland County, and you can reach him at Dan Letelier at Remax.net or by phone at 207-590-1776. Once again, that is 207-590-1776.
You can find that on our social media pages as well. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Off The Rails Podcast. All you have to look up, you'll see our yes. gorgeous faces in a cartoon. Uh, Mikey, until next week, we'll I'll talk to you.